Hi and welcome to the Spin & Co podcast, where every episode will take you behind the spin on what it's like to work and run one of Australia's leading brand agencies. From marketing to PR and digital, we'll talk about it all. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Spin & Co podcast. This week, we're talking about an event that we recently ran for a client of ours from the London. Um, I always said the London. The London. The, the London. I meant London. Uh, from London. They're actually not from London. They're from Manchester, just outside London. So oh. it's probably rude to say that. <laughs> uh, from the UK, uh, Gymshark, which is an international uh, fitness wear brand. Actually, Cult, one of the Cult even. <laughs> yes, they're uh, actually one of the fastest growing companies, full stop, not just in, the, in their space uh, in the UK. I think it's two years running now. They actually won fastest growing in 2016, I want to say. And this year they're in the top five or something like that, received an award on stage from Richard Branson. So quite an inspirational story because it, um, it was started by two uh, young guys. They started out by buying some stuff online and they were sewing the tags uh, in their bedroom and printing the logos and whatnot onto the stuff in their bedroom. Um, and then they've grown it to what is now a company doing, you know, uh, it's a, a nine, 10 figure business now. It's hundreds of millions of pounds they're doing. Uh, really phenomenal business. What a wholesome and story as well. It, I it, like it when, you know, the bedroom, yeah. the bedroom producers go to the big time. And, and Stories like, like this just make me feel so lazy though. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I work my job. <laughs> and that's it. I go and then home I go and, home and, and watch Married at First Sight. <laughs> yeah. like. well, uh, <laughs> we should do it if I'm Married at First Sight. Um, look, I think that, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, I mean, it takes a very specific type of person, I think. And I mean, they were lucky they found each other to an extent because mm. um, the two of them shared that similar drive. Um, and then, um, you know, to build that business. And then, you know, they've even had side businesses off the back of it. But really, they've come back to the point that, you know, this business is the is the juggernaut. And now it's unbelievably massive. I mean, I remember the first time I, I met with them, which was, God, I would say it's like five or six years ago now in London. And um, I think at this time they had four staff or five staff. Wow. I think they just told me the other day they're now up at 150 or something staff. <laughs> so wow. things have grown uh, just a little bit. Anyway, so um, the new concept is uh, setting pop-up shops up around the world if you're not familiar with the brand. So they uh, go to different countries and they launch exclusive collections. Uh, in LA, they launched the Nikki Blaketta collection uh, and they're going all over and doing it. So the first time ever in Australia, they brought their pop-up store, which was the Steve Cook uh, collection. And um, as people we've worked with for a long time, they called us and asked us to help out putting the uh, event together, which involved, you know, the guest list, media, uh, and just coordinating everything on the ground for them from the from the event side, uh, not all logistics, but the event side of the guests and, uh, you know, coordination of DJs and, and those sorts of things. So uh, before we sort of dive too far into it, we have um, a few uh, people in here today uh, that we haven't had on before. So we've got Aaron, DOP. DOP, head, head videographer, <laughs> photographer. It's dirty. Does it? I think that's dirty. It's better anyway. than saying dope. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. So we've got uh, Aaron, DOP here. We've got uh, Lang. Uh, well, I don't know. Should I be calling you Lang on this public forum? Liang Zikar is her actual <laughs> name, uh, who's a publicist here. For those um, who've received an email from her. <laughs> The publicist here at the uh, the agency, and we have Rick, who uh, works across a whole bunch of different things. It will depend on the day, but generally speaking, he operates as my uh, my informational gateway to the fitness and/or sporting world because I have mm. zero knowledge of that space. And so, when we're talking about anything in this fitness space, Lang and I uh, need to defer to fake it till you make it. <laughs> Fortunately, Rick is not needing to fake it. <laughs> he knows what's going on. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, everyone here was involved in the event, um, flew down to Melbourne to put the event on. I, I mean, look, I think it was a huge success. So do I. Yeah, I definitely. Think, you know, 
we had a lot of, especially when you invite like a lot of people to an event, you know, you work with them. It could be tough. It can be tough to fill a room, but the room was certainly filled. Do you know what I found? It was like Melbourne was a whole new space to the Gold Coast. Like the Gold Coast, you invite people, they show up like half an hour late. Some of them don't show up. Mm, I feel yeah. like everyone showed up bang on seven and it was great. I do think part of that is the fact that the brand is so strong. Do you mm. know? I think yeah. people love the brand. They're very invested. Um, and it, look, it was cool. I mean, it was a warehouse in Footscray in Melbourne. If you're not familiar with Melbourne, it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere to an extent. I mean, it's only 20 minutes from the city, I would say, but... And it's like, it lock your doors, like lock your doors area. Oh, it's lock your doors. <laughs> we were waiting for that Uber and we felt like we were in trouble there for a moment. Um, so it was cool. But I mean, then the next day, we had, the event was on the Friday night. The Saturday, the, the store opened to a line of what would have been 3,000 plus people. Ridiculous. I mean, it's the, uh, it would be the only time in Footscray's history where people lined up on foot in the block, I know. to be honest. Um, I, think, I think part of it, but was it's, it's fitness time down there in Melbourne as well. Had, True. On the Saturday, the Arnie qualifying was on and yes. the following weekend, the actual Arnies are on. So so more people are in the space. But I find it interesting, and again, I have no concept of, of this space. Um, Representing this guy though. But, uh, <laughs> no idea. But um, I find that I would never have picked Melbourne as a fitness hub. I find it interesting that the Gymshark event was there. I find it interesting that the Arnolds are there because you think of like where we are, Queensland, to me, this is the fitness hub of Australia because mm. you can, there's so many people outside working out and fitness yeah. is so a part of our culture and, you know, the beach on the weekends and things like that. Whereas in Melbourne, I envisage people in suits and coats. Yeah. <laughs> like hipsters in Melbourne. Yeah, but I guess <laughs> Melbourne, when anything to do with sport, but in, people turn out in Melbourne, that's what, yeah, they, I mean, that's know, what they rely on. MCG, one of the biggest stadiums in Australia, you know. Maybe that's AFL though, isn't it? Australian that's Open's just... there. I mean, you know, well, there's true. a lot of sporting events there. Okay, guys, we've just really detailed why. Don't really think about sports. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> sports not just fitness. Anyway, so um, to take, I guess, people through the process. Um, so obviously they've been client hours for a long time. Uh, we've worked with them on a number of projects, um, both here and overseas. But um, so when they contacted us um, to let us know they were coming, it was a pretty short turnaround time. I mean, we often work with short turnarounds, but I think it was around two-ish weeks. Just um, over two weeks, I think. Yeah, to turn it around. Um, obviously, there are some troubles because we have, um, you know, our office is based here and they were over in the UK. So there are some time difference issues. So mostly it was calls at around midnight, 1am um, to coordinate information. Some delays, of course, we're sending emails to get approvals. So I guess, um, you know, Lang, you, I guess, ran point on the uh, on the project of getting the people in the room. So if you want to walk people through what you do and how that, uh, what happens there. Yeah, so I guess um, first step was just I literally was just a massive Instagram stalker. I just <laughs> as opposed unusual? to what you <laughs> what you normally do. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I literally just um, they just wanted fitness influencers, and so like the first place to start obviously is just stalking gym locations in Melbourne. So that's where I started, just going to the location tag for all the gyms and seeing if anyone had a following there. Um, every time. Our contact from Gymshark emailed back at night. I'd be like, she's awake and just like email her a bunch more people being like, do you like these people? Um, but yeah, just stalking gyms. I found a lot of like, I guess, would you call them micro-influencers? Like 10K kind of realm? Well, it's funny. We spoke about this on another episode. Mm. Um, Tribe, which is the big, large platform in this space, they refer to micro-influencers as 3,000 plus. So oh. it kind of depends. Yeah, this is very, very micro. But certainly in our industry, we often talk in the hundreds or millions of followers. Yeah, well, I found Maybe a like lot. Maybe like a, that... a grande influencer. Yeah. Grande. Not, a, not a Maasai <laughs> or a, a short, but... 
That's funny that you're using a. Uh, was that a hybrid of Starbucks and Zarafa's sizes? You should I don't say? know. What do they use gone, for Starbucks? Yeah. Starbucks as opposed is Grande. Uh, yeah, Venti. Ah, Venti. Yeah, Venti's massage Zarafa's. Mass- oh, but they wow. still have a Grande, so maybe we just go Grande. Grande's 10K. Grande's 10K. Anyway, I found it funny. A lot of them are like 10, 12K and they were so grateful to get invited. They've never had anything like that before, which I find so interesting because like you said, a lot of people at like 3K get influence with work, I I guess. I think that might even be like a Melbourne thing. I think think? there would be like such an influx of like influencers also like on the Gold Coast, but like in Melbourne as well that have that higher... Yeah. following and that's where like probably all the higher ones kind of live and like work and all yeah. that kind of stuff so I feel like for the lower influences it would be good to get an invite because they're surrounded by that many definitely. big ones I mean I definitely had a lot of pushback a um, few people thinking I'm hitting on them by DMing them asking for their best <laughs> contact email address <laughs> Which is not the first time I know. Hey, do you have an email so I can send you some flirty emails? Yeah, it's the new way to meet people, email addresses, not phone numbers. Um, And it was definitely hard with a lot of influencers have already got collaborations with other fitness brands, which obviously is a conflict of interest for them to go to a Gymshark Mm. event. How many people do you think you invite? So we ended up what I think we would have had about 125-ish people through the door on the night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The goal was around 100. Mm -hmm. Um, So we exceeded that, which was great. But how many people do you reckon you invited to get that 100? I think probably around the 300 to 350 mark. Mm. Yeah. So for people, which is completely unsurprising to me, but for people listening, that might be interesting. Yeah. Um, And look, it was more difficult because it was Melbourne-based. If it was Sydney based a lot of Sydney fitness influence, a lot of Queensland fitness influence. I mean, Ricky spoke to a lot of people who were Gold Coast based who wanted to come. Yeah, I think that it, the timing was wrong because they had to go down the next week. But uh, also, it was a bit short turnaround for us because we didn't. We although we're in the fitness space with Emily, we're not really into the bodybuilding and yeah. body shaping mm-hmm. space, which it would seem that uh, this brand has a lot to do with. Mm. So. Yeah, definitely. That, that's for sure. And, and I think as well, it was. Um, I think we had the advantage as well that they they brought their ambassadors with them. Yes, yeah. definitely. So they had a lot of their big, big names with them um, who really are leaders in this space. And, I mean, not to go back to their story again, but it, it is really one of the first examples and there would be plenty more, but it is one of the true first examples of a business that was built off the back of influencers alone. Yeah. I mean, it was not – they never paid a celebrity. They've never worked with reality stars. They've never worked with anyone, full stop. You know, when I knew them earlier, early on, they didn't even do social media advertising really. They were built purely off the back of identifying people who had great followings um, and putting them together, uh, you know, supporting each other. And then through that, they grew as well as the brand. And the brand itself now, I would hazard to, to say, is the biggest influencer of them all. I mean, people break their necks to be associated with the yeah. brand because if you're an ambassador with them, you're on. I mean, that's the stage. If they say yes, then you're in. And if you've got an Insta bio that you're a Gymshark athlete, that seems to be when they you know, people pay attention to you, mm. which I think is interesting because it's, it, you know, it's a business that's not, it's not doing a million, two million, three million. It's not, you know, and they're not adding all their revenue up for all the years they've been in business and uh, announcing it. <laughs> We're talking single years, uh, you know, million, like huge, huge numbers. Um, I mean, I would hazard to say that it also would be a billion dollar brand. I think that if you mm. were to price it in terms of brand. Yeah, I think, I think the big thing there is that it's a brand that's taking on the, the really big ones. And Very it's been successful. So. I mean, to take on Adidas and Nike, the likes of them and in their body. That's interesting. Do you think, though, that they know about them? Like, they would know they exist, but do you think that they're sitting in their office going, worrying this about is them? annoying? Yeah. Are um, they a paper cut at the moment or are they a genuine? I guess Adidas, Nike, 
Under Armour, it'd be a paper cut to them. Wouldn't wouldn't bother them. But your smaller brands, your stadiums, your Everlast, that are bigger, yeah, bodybuilding mm. side of things, yeah, they'd be taking notice. But I would say, for like from an agency perspective, it's like for me, it's just a wake up call. If you're unless you're a Nike and what I think they've got bigger issues, but I think if you're a smaller <laughs> brand, Everlast and whatnot. Like you see what these people did by paying people very little money, names that most average people have never heard of, and they grow a brand to what some of those brands that you just mentioned would probably be very thankful to have that amount of revenue that they're probably turning at the moment to get back to that stage, um, which they once were. Um, I think it's a bit of a wake-up call for this can be done if you know what you're doing and you invest properly. I think for Nike and that, they're so big to – Pivot and to go after that space it would that's a multi multi million dollar move. Yeah, and I think Jim Shark's key was they they started in in the UK, which True. is a, it's a smaller market, although it's a bit still a big market, fifty million people or so. But so before they took on the US, and obviously it yeah. came to Australia, as all brands do, one yeah. way or the other. But I mean, they uh, have momentum. I think that's ultimately, and they've got the momentum in the UK market and that steamroller just kept moving. No matter what country it was in, they just kept moving. And now obviously there's a big push into the US market. Mm. The Australian markets, I mean, love them for a long time, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, great brand. So anyway, just to get back to the logistics, so we had the, you know, 100-ish people. Obviously, Aaron was their DOP uh, oh, on the just, cam. You know, on the cam, you know, shooting some people shopping, <gasps> shooting the guests, shooting the celebs. It, just... was a, uh, it was an interesting one though because it was... It's always I always find anyway that you, anytime you try and construct a, a very natural event, and I think this is very well put together in terms of it felt like a great event being there, like you felt mm, good attending definitely. it. Yeah. Um, but it always gets to that point of the night where there's some deliverables, and that deliverable at that event was we need photos of yeah. these people with these people and those people with those people, and you just start corralling what was sixty people plus. No, no, you stand here now. You get on a, out of yeah this on picture. a stage and just constantly rotating people yeah. in and out. In and, and it's out. that moment where and. To be completely transparent, I know a number of their ambassadors. I don't know them all. And there were people on that stage where I'm saying to them, you're out of that, so you need to get out of this photo. Yeah. And like if they're a smaller following, I'm thinking if they're thinking this asshole is not this small, <laughs> I'm too small for this photo. But like you know what? what's crazy to me is um, on the night of the VIP launch, there were some competition winners there yeah. and they were coming to the door saying like, is this person here? Is this person here? Like their ambassadors are like celebrities to people Huge. that are in this space. So we should just stop and say though. So the the brand extended an invite to ten people who were uh, VIVI VIP customers for them uh, in the Australian market, and they extended an invite to come. And again, like Lang just said, I mean, it's this is the the greatest gift ever to these people because who these was that are like guy their... that came in that t shirt that you said was from like yes. an event years ago years or and years and years ago I was I think it was three ish years ago um, I was actually with Emily and we were at the Arnold's in Melbourne we were in Ohio and on that tour they did Ohio they did Melbourne they did I think it was Firelex or Fibo as well there was a couple of shows they did and on that tour they created a a shirt that was never to be sold and it was just to be given out it was given out only at the expo so you had to pay to go to the expo to go in and you had to line up and let me tell you the line to get a shirt was you waited minimum of 45 minutes and the reason it was 45 minutes is because they stopped the line because that's all the stock they had mm. because the boys who owned it they had no idea that it was going to be so so popular so it was gone instantly and this guy rolls into this event and he's wearing that promo shirt I couldn't believe it like he's kept his hand for three years he was obviously <laughs> there on the day early enough to get in to get the shirt so I mean to have stayed with the brand for that long that's why yeah. I said they're an influencer I mean the mm. fact that you are holding on to a shirt like that yeah. and then but it's also how often do you get, I mean, you're talking, and yes, it's a different scale to 
you know, Ronaldo or whatever, like the Federer, different levels I understand. But in this space, these people who are in that room with us that night are the biggest. There is yeah. no one, apart from Arnold Schwarzenegger himself, there are very few people that are as big in terms of a following and they're all assembled in one location mm. for one night where there's yeah. no lines. There's only 120-ish people there. Yeah. One night you have access to them, these 10 VIP winners. I mean, like what an experience. And it's not even like they're, the celebrities are like kept away from like everyone else. Like yes. you're literally all just in the same room walking around, ordering drinks at the same bar with them. Yeah. Like it's such an intimate experience. And that's that's their brand, I think. Like it's there isn't this segmentation. It's not VIP area and regular area. Yeah. Mm. The owner of the brand, Ben, he was on the ground. He's walking around meeting, you know, so humble people. too, just like... Yeah, you know, like just getting around and happy to have a chat to anyone to talk about the story. Well, Steve Cook was like a salesman there. Yeah. yeah. Pulling clothes out and getting people I mean, to try them on. Well, it was his collection. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty interesting. I, the interesting thing to me was that uh, at things like this, I mean, you have Rihanna concerts and big concerts, people will buy a T-shirt yeah. because they've been there and everything else. These people were buying five and six items. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, they and, didn't and these weren't, we didn't whatever. invite buyers. No. no. Like no. the these brand are, didn't say yeah. to us, we want to sell product. In fact, they weren't set up to sell, but the demand was so strong that they ended up having to. Yeah, yeah. that was but crazy. People were, like you said, Rick, like they were like shoveling clothes. Yeah. Like they were unable to carry it because there were so many pieces that they wanted. And that's, I mean, and that's with no advertising. Do you know what I mean? Like they didn't do anything really. They mm. turned up and opened a shop. And there are people breaking down the door to get access to it, waiting 3,000 people deep yeah. to spend money. You know what I mean? Like you, you give away free items and I don't think you get a line yeah. that long. Let I, th alone. I think it's that whole, especially it's like so uh, prevalent in today's, uh, I guess like fashion game or whatever, but um, just like the limited edition kind of yeah. clothing, like everyone wants something that not everyone else can have. Definitely. And like, I think they've done that really well with these pop-ups where you can only yeah. get that merch at that certain pop-up. Um, Definitely. And they haven't also, crazy. they don't have retail. They're not yeah. skewing their demand. Yeah, it, mm. it says a lot for online marketing. I mean, they've done fantastic because it didn't matter who I spoke to in any of the gyms or any people, everyone knew who Gymshark was, yeah. which was really surprising to me. We, Even one of the pro golfers I rang, he said, oh, yeah, Gymshark, yeah, I'll wear it. I've got tights and that in it. Yes, and I and thought, well, geez. that to me is like it's, and that's where I think the bigger brands, the Nikes and whatnot, and even the you know the other brands that you mentioned before that aren't sort of top tier, it's it swelled to a point where they would never have known it existed mm. because it swelled mm. in gyms. Yeah. It wasn't being spoken about anywhere else but in gyms. And if you had it on in a gym, people knew it and people identified that everyone wanted to have it. And then overnight it became, I mean, I think it's still on the tipping point, but it's, it's now more mass market in terms yeah. of everyone's aware of it. Whereas before... Like I didn't know the brand before we started working with them many, many years ago. But if you're in, in that space and you talk to someone, like you said, in a gym or whatever, every single person knows them. Mm. And so I, it was almost like, but it was a market that didn't exist. I That's mean, why I think it's so day. clever they chose the ambassadors that they chose because, I mean, they're obviously at a point where they could have like an A-list celebrity or something with yeah. it. But they well, stick they to like their the fitness. Day, Zac Efron's wearing their stuff. Yeah, I'm but happy. they stick to their he fitness it, ambassadors, which I find really smart. Oh, I mean, it's and that's staying true to the core of the business. I mean, yeah. the business is still. I mean, I don't know this because they've not told me or anything, but I would imagine that there's been many people tried to buy them. I would, yeah. I'd be sure there's been offers made because it's too big and too fast. And the fact that Ben has kept it as his business that he, you know, it's wholly owned, as far as I'm aware. Um, you know, it's him that has it. 
I mean, that's when you're trying to build something, you know, visionary. That's that Mark Zuckerberg thing where it doesn't matter what the price is or Evans from Snapchat. It's not the money that he's in it for. I mean, he lives a very humble lifestyle. He's not, you know, the flashy sort of person. It's trying to change the world through, you know, their vessel, which is health and fitness, which is very similar to Emily's mission Mm. um, in trying to make that effect. And I do think there's a lot of correlation between what Emily does and what they do and the fact that it's very real. It's very down to earth. It's not... Like you said before, the celebrities or you know the influencers weren't hidden away. Mm. They were just there at the same bar that you're at, you know. And they were, they're not even even if they're in the same room, they're not even in the corner all together. Yeah, like you said, yeah, that like was Steve's really nice out there, like, genuinely saying you're like, "Hi, how are you? <laughs> this is what we're doing," you know, and explaining this is the collection and why I designed it. Yeah, mm. like what an opportunity. Mm. So it was, but it was a very good night. I thought it was, the event was phenomenal. Um, it was great. Uh, we had quite a lot on, but it was good to have the team down in Melbourne and something a bit different for us um, to go down there and whatnot. But how um, good's Melbourne? Look, it's not for me. <laughs> Can we get an office there? Um, <laughs> Can I just say I've never felt more unfit than in that room that <sighs> it's night. A tough room to be in. <laughs> I know. That's why everyone was, walking up with just like just muscles, and I'm like. Hello. Try going to the Arnold's when I stood at that stand years ago. Oh my God, you feel like a whale against those people. Like, what is going on? No, you're like, um. Haven't seen a carb in six months, some of them. Anyway, but um, yeah, look, I think it was a phenomenal event and um, an amazing client. And I, I really love working with people, especially those with such, like you said at the beginning, Aaron, people who've got such an amazing story, they're in it for the right reasons. Yeah. And they've taken it from, I mean, you hear a lot of, I feel like these days every story is made out to be huge. You yeah. start in the garage mm-hmm. and now they're massive. But yeah. I do think that there's a real misunderstanding of what is a genuinely big business. Mm. Revenue is the wrong number to talk about in my opinion. There's a lot of falsehoods out there in order to create this hype, which mm. you know you might need the hype for whatever it is, but I do think it's hype. This is a genuine business that's grown from literally and they've got the photos of them on the floor in their bedrooms sewing in labels. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing to think about there is that they've done so well, but for every Gymshark there's at least 100 that are still in their bedroom oh. and didn't get out. So well, at you've least got to be really committed to what you're doing. Hundreds of thousands. That would be there right on. now. That's like, right. I mean, everyone's trying to do something. But these boys, I mean, when you sit and hear their story, like one-on-one, I mean, you can read about it online, but when you hear their story, the passion is, is unbelievable. And I think ultimately, and again, I don't know this or anything, but I do think they would have been offered a lot of money to sell that brand. To say mm. no to a check of a magnitude that would have been offered to them, yeah. which means is that's your dump. Yeah, you take that you're check, done. you're going yeah. home and you're going to live on an island and you're never looking at your <laughs> bank account again it doesn't matter. <laughs> when that sort of money is offered to you and you say no, you're in it for a different reason. Yeah, You know what I mean? Just in case there's a VC listing, I am the kind that will take the check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely all for the no, living on the arms. Think you, there'll, be no, there'll be no more podcasts. Yeah, where podcasts oh, we just go to podcasting full time. I'm happy to do that full time. Um, no, live from the island. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys going to say you wouldn't come? <laughs> I'd be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> Thank you, Lai. That's all right. Oh, God, just well. on another note as well, I think the Gymshark team, they were very easy to work with too. Yes. Mm-hmm. They were like... Fantastic to work with, despite the time difference and stuff. Yeah, and I think the team as well. I think they're um, they're a young and nimble team as well. They've always hired right from a cultural perspective. We've always, anytime I've interacted with them, regardless of it being Ben or somebody in the team, they all have a similar ethos and a similar drive. So you never kind of get someone who's sort of like, oh, they're not really on the same pages. Everyone yeah. has the same direction yeah. that they're trying to achieve. And I mean, even I think it was you Rick, that said when we got down there, how shocking it was, how many people they'd actually brought from the UK. Oh, I believe how many staff they had, but mm. there must have been about 30 staff. <laughs> yeah, and, and part of that is 
and you know they they say part of that is we want to create the genuine Gymshark feel, and we can't hire that in promotional or on the ground stuff. Yeah. The, the other amazing thing was they had uh, a pizza truck there on the night. Mm. One of the staff members' job was simply to get pizza for the ambassadors. And they say that these people don't eat carbs. I've never seen people eat so much <laughs> pizza in all my life. Well, I was told specifically that when they were planning the event, I spoke to Steve and they said, you know, this is what we're doing. He said, if I see any of that stupid small canapé stuff, I'm going to be furious. There needs to be real food at my <laughs> end. I bring the pizzas in, didn't stop for three hours. You just kept going yeah. back and bringing more in. And I mean, it didn't matter. I mean, doing. we had some phenomenal people. That, I mean, we had, um, you know, Reese Hawk was there. Um, and we had uh, Pia Muhlenbeck who came and whatnot. And they're the type of people that you may think wouldn't be eating pizza. Mm. They were into the pizza. Oh, oh, yeah. I think everyone loves pizza. Everyone I think everyone ate pizza. pizza except us. Yeah. That's, exactly, that's 100% what occurred. I didn't have one No, piece. I didn't get it. Every time I saw it, I thought to myself, that looks tasty. <laughs> the girls kept offering it. I kept saying no. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. God, pizza for lunch today, guys. Um, anyway, well, thank you for listening to another episode uh, of the Spin & Co podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening. Please subscribe on your favourite podcast app or, of course, Apple Podcasts, and we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.